0: the inspiration is love. The aspiration is to waking new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: us have a need to be seen and accepted for who we are, to be heard and understood, to feel connected, and to make sense of the world around us. Whether we know it or not, everyone has a processing style, and it influences how our environment affects us, how we make decisions, how we interpret things, and how we react to situations. Throughout Nadine Hancher's work, you will learn about the various personality processing styles and their communication skills, behavior patterns, challenges, and talents. Gaining these insights will give you the tools to build successful relationships with others. Anyone who is looking for assistance with gaining a greater sense of self-awareness and feelings of empowerment will find that the answers can be found by developing a deeper understanding of who you truly are. Our differences give a richness, a creativity, that can broaden our horizons. Our diversity illuminates different ways of doing things, allowing for innovations, new insights, and helps us grow and enrich our lives. Accepting ourselves creates empowerment. Freedom is gained when we accept others for who they are. And happiness is a result of acknowledging that we are all worthy of respect. Valeria Telles interviews Nadine Hancher, the author of Knowing Me, Knowing You, The Pep Personality Process. Nadine Hancher is the developer of The Pep Personality Process, and a master trainer of NLP, best-selling author, speaker, trainer, counselor, and consultant. Specializing in relationships, trauma, communication, and personal development, her results-oriented approach allows the person, couple, family, or organization to go forward with a better quality of life. Meet Nadine at ProgressivePlus.com. Here is the interview with Nadine Hancher.
0: In your own words, who is Nadine Hanchar?
2: Well, Nadine Hanchar, first of all, Nadine actually stands for hope. I don't know if you knew that that's the meaning of the name. And so I like to bring hope to people who are not feeling very hopeful. Mainly what I like to do is to help people to love themselves. I think that when people love themselves, they make different choices they are open to respecting themselves more and it just makes their life a whole lot better so that's what i like to do is to assist people in in being in having a better relationship with themselves basically
0: i love that (laughs) of course i have been reading your work and what you do and wow I was really connecting very much with the message of self-love, because that's one that made a huge difference in my life. So with that in mind, I have to ask this question. Is there a destination for self-love, Nadine? Do you believe in coming to the point of loving yourself unconditionally, where there is so much peace that it doesn't matter anymore, even if you miss the requirements of what we understand and think self-love is?
2: I believe that, that we can get to a place of unconditional self-love. I, I think that it's also a, an ongoing journey and I think that we get to it at different levels at different times. Right. I think that, you know, we, we get to it in one place in our life and then, you know, something else will happen and that will challenge us to, to love ourselves more in a different way.
0: How do you define authenticity? What is to be authentic?
2: Authenticity to me is that the person you are on the inside when you're alone and with yourself
0: is also the person that you show up as in the world. Do you believe that this is a choice or a lack of awareness when we are not being authentic?
2: Well, I think that um, it's both of those things. I think that there are times when people choose not to be authentic, um, generally because of fear. I also think that there's a lot of times where people have a lack of awareness of what they're doing or a lack of awareness of themselves.
0: Yeah. More often than not, I ask the question and I try to answer that question My own, I ask here on the podcast and my own. Why do some of us are so unaware of our own, ourselves, but in a sense of not even open to get to know ourselves better, our feelings and our wants, our needs? Have you found the answer for that? (laughs) In a very, uh, hopefully, this will answer that question.
2: We, when we come into the world, we're in a, a very open, what what you might call theta state which is where we're we're not really questioning the things that are coming into our our world into our minds into our belief system and as children we're we're learning machines and we're decision making machines as well so as things come to us we're just accepting them without question without consideration and then if we don't begin to question some of the things that we took on in that first seven years, because it's about the first seven years where we're in that theta brain. And if we don't question that, we just have these beliefs about life, about ourselves, about how things are. And so many of them are inaccurate. I mean, for instance, I'll just give you an example. I'm a, say I'm a, three-year-old child and you know I decide that I want to to make this beautiful picture on my bedroom wall with my crayons and mom comes in and sees that I've made this beautiful picture on the wall with my crayons and has a bit of a a fit (laughs) and I make this decision about myself oh my goodness there's something wrong with me I did you know I'm a bad person I'm a you know uh, and so then we have that filter. And then we go looking to see if that filter is correct. And we're going to find things that make it correct because inside of our brain, we have a thing called the reticular activating system. And whatever we're focused on, we are
0: going to find. Wow. that's when self-discovery begins.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Did that answer the question?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. So... Does it always take suffering for us to uncover those false beliefs that we have learned early on? Or we can somehow, yeah.
2: uh, So the, the way that I can answer that is to say that, that human beings learn in two ways. We learn through pain or we learn through inspiration. So do we always have to have pain? The answer is no. Although I, cert- I, I believe that a certain level of, Adversity really helps us to build our resilience. If we can get to the place where we can become aware, and part of it is learning to take some self-responsibility. Part of it is learning to question the things that we have accepted as absolute truth, even though it's not. (laughs) And and every parent does their best. You know, like every parent does their best, and and yet all children get wounded. Okay, we all have our wounding no matter where we came from or what what was going on in our family. So it's important to, for me, that our history or our past is our learning. So we want to take the learning from our past and then we want to let go and forgive the rest. Because that's how we come more into the present moment and
0: that's where our power really is. And that is so true though. That's a spiritual message to or findings that the present moment, being here now. Can you describe what it feels like, Nadine, to be in the present moment? And why is that so inspirational and powerful? Well,
2: in the present moment is where the juice of life, life is. <laughs> it's, it's where you actually really truly feel it's where you actually are alive it's where your breath is it's that feeling of oneness really sometimes with with all that is you know when you're looking at a sunset for instance and you you just feel one with that moment
0: i noticed something about the present moment if we can call it that way being present I was observing, like, the room. I think last night I was doing that. I'm doing that a lot more often these days. And seeing how everything around me, it's so silent and unconditioned. And then I was wondering if there's a part in me that's unconditioned. And it's not conditioned by everything that I have learned and all the belief systems, childhood and all that. So I wonder what is happening, really. If the outside, it's... The things around me, nature especially, it's unconditioned. Or there's something in me, in us, that can realize that, can realize itself in a sense of, oh, I am unconditioned. I can be open again to life.
2: Absolutely. And it's what I call heart consciousness.
0: Yeah.
2: Heart consciousness. Mm. And, you know, there's some wonderful people at the Heart Math Institute that are doing some great work. And, they're working with the heart brain, and our, our heart actually has its own brain. So if you, if you think of, we have our head brain, we have our, our what I call gut brain, and then we have the heart brain. And out of the three, the heart brain is the most powerful. And the heart brain actually connects and communicates to the, the head brain more than the head brain communicates to the heart brain. When you get to that place inside of your of your heart, really, when you can act from that place in your heart that is unconditioned, is unconditional. A lot of us call it our intuition. Right. That's where our intuition lies, that's where we get access to our intuition. That's that unconditioned place. That's the place that is awareness. Is beyond the thought. Beyond what we we think of it's that quiet place within
0: yeah it is silence but it's almost like the song the sound of silence and if we can hear that is incredible and I noticed when I go from that space that I call unconditioned to the conditioned space which you call the mind that the head then it's connected to memories then memories come, and, that's, um, and that has to do with time, past, or future. It makes sense, right, Nadine? Because conditions, they relate to time. It's There's attachment to this idea of time. Maybe this is another conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, so I think that when we're in that unconditioned or unconditional place, um, one of the things that comes up for me when I think of heart consciousness is that, you know, we're taught to be compassionate with others, even as children. You know, we're, we're taught to be compassionate to other children, to share our toys, etc. Right. But we're not really taught, and I think this is something that we really need to do with our children, is to teach them how to be compassionate to themselves. Because we need the compassion with ourselves. And when we can truly be compassionate with ourselves we're also then better equipped to be compassionate to others.
0: Ah, So, so true. Yeah. It has to start here. Ending conflict within ourselves in order to end conflict out there, right, in relationships. This is so needed. Boy, and that's something that I really believe in, although... It's beyond a belief system in a way, (laughs) and um, I'm always trying to go deeper, even beyond the self, this idea of this entity within ourselves that needs to be loved or need that self-love. And then I try to kind of see the bigger picture even of just life itself doing what it does and being life itself navigating this reality, which becomes a more... um, magical though because everything's it's amazing however it happens and whatever I do you do anyone does it's just this amazing happening life doing what it does you know we are so much more than what we do
2: mm. we are so much more than you know we have a body but we are not a body
1: mm.
2: we have a mind but we are not a mind right you know, we have many things, but we are not those things. We are beyond that. And, you know, we, are, we live in two worlds at one time. We live in a, a spiritual or energetic world. And we also live in a material and physical world. And, you know, it's working with both of those aspects of ourselves that helps us to get to those places of
0: unconditional love. Yeah, that dance, right, between non-duality and duality or the spiritual and the physical. What a dance (laughs) Uh, that is, um, especially when it comes to feelings and emotions, just um, savoring them and listening to them and letting them flow.
2: Making peace with our emotions, allowing them and loving them, the messages that they're giving us. Emotions are just energy in motions in our body. If you listen to the energy in motion, it will give you a message. And it's about listening and having self-compassion
0: about whatever it is that will move us forward. When it comes to listening to emotions, can you um elaborate a bit more on that, Nadine? How does it work? And what are the signs when we are finally listening to our emotions? What do we look for? That's not an
2: easy question
0: to answer. Right. I, I think that we there there are a couple
2: of things that go on that I work with. And one is that there are reactions to things that seem outside of our control. And those are usually it's a usually a chain of events that have a similar emotion on them, that we need to actually, I help people to release the negative emotions off those events so that they can actually become more present and not have those reactions. I also work with people to create new neural networks in their brain so that they have a different way of working with things. It's like, you know, they can play the same record, but it's a different tune.
0: (laughs) You wrote the book, Knowing Me, Knowing You, The Pep Personality Process. Talk to me about the inspiration and the intention of writing your book.
2: Well, I developed a a personality profiling system. This is a system that I actually developed. Um, And I was using it with my students and my clients and my family, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, everyone,
2: <laughs> pretty much in my life. And <laughs> what I found, particularly with my clients and my students, is that they all wanted to know more. And so, you know, is there any place where I can research this? Is there any place where I can can read about this more? And of course, it was all in my head at that point. I began putting things down on paper, and eventually, much later than most of my, cl- my students and, and clients wanted,
0: yeah. <laughs> I finally <laughs> stuck,
2: knowing me, knowing you. And uh, so I really did it because I think it's important for people to understand that there's 24 different personality styles out there. And when someone is acting differently than you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's... So we all have a tendency to filter things through our own filters. Yeah, for sure. So when it's behaving in a certain way, we filter it as to what that would mean if we were doing that behavior. And quite often, that's not true. It it isn't what they're doing. They're just processing differently. And so understanding how you process and how the people that are close to you and how the people that are that you work with or that you know that you care about how they process being able to bridge the processing styles and not take each other's behavior quite so personally is a a a really wonderful thing and so that was the inspiration for my book wow people to understand themselves first because we need to understand ourselves. And we we all have what I call natural gifts. Yeah. And we all have what I call our natural challenges. And there isn't one processing style that doesn't have that. And so learning your own style allows for you to really understand how you operate in the world and how you what happens when you get stressed. Right how you move out of that place, how you, you know, what happens when you are, are feeling insecure or lacking confidence in that moment and how you can move into more security, how you interface with your environment and how you receive information from the environment and how you communicate and make your decisions and learn and all of those other things. And each of, to just explain a yeah. little bit to yeah. give people understanding, there's there's four zones And there's four components and how those four components fit in the four zones assist them in in understanding so much about themselves and what happens when they're in balance and what happens when they're out of balance, what their challenges are,
0: etc. So you said 24 personality styles? That's a lot. Wow. (laughs) Never thought about that many. Can you give me an example, Nadine, of one personality and then the natural talents and the natural uh, challenges that come with that personality?
2: Sure. So I'll I'll talk about the kinesthetic communicator um, because the communication is the largest part of our personality that we show the world or that we receive communication and give it meaning. So the kinesthetic communicator, um, one of the the things that they're very, very good at is they're they're very people-oriented people. They have natural people skills, and they're very, very sensitive people. They they're very emotionally based uh, in their way of being in the world. They make their decisions based on how it feels and. That's, they're, they're very active oriented. They, they want to take action on things. They're, they're very loyal, pe- you know, to their friends. They, they love to have fun. And their highest value is comfort. So if something is comfortable, they'll, you know, they're, they're happy. But if it's uncomfortable, they're not. And probably right under that would be fun. They, they try and make everything fun. On the other hand, their challenges are boundaries. They have difficulty discerning where they begin and end. They have difficulty saying no. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And so oftentimes they will say yes, because the person there is, is uh, you know, if I can, can say this, the, the person will be saying, oh, we're going to do this and it's going to be fun. And don't you want to help? And, and they'll say, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. As they're picking up on what the other person wants and they're not away from them long enough to discern their own feelings. And so quite often then they'll go away and they'll, they'll go, well, why did I say yes? Mm-hmm, right. It's like they'll do one of three things. They'll either do whatever it was that that person wanted and kind of resent it yeah. or they'll make an excuse which doesn't feel totally comfortable or they're, they'll avoid them altogether, which also doesn't feel totally comfortable. Mm. So one of the things that I I teach kinesthetic communicators is delay your response. So if somebody asks them, don't you want to help? It's like, well, I just got to check on a couple of things and I'll get back to you. Right. Right. And then get away from that person so that they can feel their own feelings, so that they can make a decision
0: that is comfortable for them. Yeah, that sounds like a great advice for all of us, (laughs) regardless of um, personality style, (laughs) to always pause and reset. Although when we think about intuition, that really comes across as this spontaneous and um, immediate kind of response to whatever it is that's happening. The way you described the kinesthetic uh, communicator made me think about extroverts, is that somehow connected? Could that be also the nickname for them?
2: Well, now you're moving into the Myers Briggs, okay. um, <laughs> which, which is you know it has validity as well. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that with the with the Myers Briggs, you usually have to put it into a certain context, and so with the system that I work with, it's actually cross contextual, so it actually works in all areas of your life not just like with the Myers-Briggs you would want to do it in the context of work or home
0: or you said it is about valuing our differences as well as our similarities and building relationships with flexible open honest and respectful communication communication skills right this is um Something that it's so crucial in in relationships, which has to do with um, knowing oneself. There's something that caught my attention. I'm not sure if this is in your book, but this is a blog post that you sent to me, where you talk about uh, relationships and respect and trust being the two um, most important factors or the two key. Factors for Relationship Success. That's the title of the the blog post. So talk to me for a moment about respect and trust within relationships. How do we get this to happen, this magic to happen, where two people in a relationship, both of them are working on themselves, on self-love simultaneously?
2: Well, I think that one of the things, so let me just talk about respect for a moment. Yeah, Respecting ourselves is something that I find a lot of people are respecting themselves is I find a lot of people don't do that. And so what happens is that they actually teach people how to be disrespectful to them because they are being disrespectful to themselves. And so it's so important to learn how to respect yourself and to learn how to set your boundaries and to learn how to be true to the things that are important to you. So when you do what's truly best for you from your heart place, so not in spite to spite someone or anything like that. But when you do what's truly best for you in your heart, it's actually best for everyone else, even if they don't like it. And so it's learning to respect yourself because when you respect yourself, you actually teach people how to respect you. So we teach people whether to respect us or not. And most of the time, we don't know that we're teaching people to disrespect us because we're not even aware that we're being disrespectful to ourselves. So it's, it's opening up that so that people can really get that they need to respect themselves. They need to be able to put themselves first. Not all the time, but they need to at least listen to themselves first. And that's a really important thing. In relationships having respectful communication, having respectful respect for each other's processing style. You know, the processing styles, there's there's four major ways of communicating and each of them has their own language within the English language. Sometimes when I have couples come to see me, they, they think that they're disagreeing, but actually they're saying the same thing, but just with a different, different languaging. Yeah. And so it's learning... You you know, the person that you love's language and being able to bridge those those communications so that they really, truly understand each other and understand where they're coming from.
0: There's another blog post that I really like. You wrote uh, it says the healing of trauma, just like the healing of broken arm is essential to a healthy, functional life. With traumas, if we are carrying them, then it's not possible to have healthy relationships.
2: One of the things that's so important for people to realize that when they go into any relationship, they bring whatever their past is, if they haven't dealt with it, if they haven't healed it, if they haven't gotten the learning from it and forgiven and let, in, yeah. let go of the negative emotions. Right then they bring that into the relationship. And then there's, you know, we all have then buttons that people push, you know, not intentionally necessarily, but definitely, you know, they get pushed. And then we behave not from our best place, but from a place of pain, from a place of fear, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. And and when love is, can I talk about love for a moment? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, Mm -hmm. when, Uh, One of the things that I've studied is huna, which is the Hawaiian, the ancient Hawaiian philosophy, or ho'omanamana is what the Hawaiians actually called it. And they have a definition for love that I really like, and, and that is love is to be happy with someone or something. And love responds, fear reacts, love connects, fear separates. Love uplifts, fear deflates, and love creates and fear destroys. And so in a relationship, when we don't respect ourselves or we don't trust ourselves or we don't trust the other person and we respond from fear, it creates all kinds of issues and problems. But if we're actually responding from love and the thing that diminishes love in a relationship is judgment, the more judgmental we are, the more we diminish the love that we have. So in positive psychology, which is one of the things I practice, it's one of the things that you need to do is focus. You know, if you want a person to change in the relationship, you focus on what they do well. You focus on supporting the things that you love about them. And you do the same for yourself. And it's, it's opening to a new awareness. It's opening to more possibilities because everyone, everyone is doing the best that they know how in any given moment mm, with right. the resources and the skills that they have. Right. And if you give them more choices and you give them more skills, they will make better choices for themselves
0: That's so, so true. I wonder how do we approach this, Nadine, in the case of people who are in relationships that are not healthy, per se, that they are not happy relationships, and at some point they realize that. So how do they go about this change? Do they change themselves first in the relationship or remove themselves in order to understand themselves better and then be better for any relationship?
2: Well, one of the things that I am going to say about relationships, because I do a lot of relationship counseling, it takes two people in a relationship to make the relationship work. And it also takes two people in a relationship to make it fail.
0: (laughs) So true. (laughs) Yes.
2: And, you know, so one of the questions that I will ask people, which kind of shocks them sometimes, is that, you know, is this relationship worth saving? And if it is, then they both need to be committed to doing that and to doing whatever it takes to heal themselves and to work at building different communication, different skill sets to work within the relationship itself. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, one of the things that people often don't consider is that they're a team. You know, it's it's funny, they get into competition almost with each other, being a team. And when you're a team and you're respectful of each other and you're, you know, you're working towards bridging your differences, it makes so much difference in the relationship. And so, you know, does it happen overnight? Not necessarily. Are there things that, that people have to work on? Absolutely. And awareness is key. You know, awareness is is the first step to anything,
0: right? I do have a question for you about the personality styles um, that you mentioned earlier. I'm wondering if that includes also distorted personalities like narcissistic personality disorders. That's a disorder, actually, but it's called narcissistic personality. So do you include some of those? I have a different approach. And so one of the
2: so in the 24 different styles so there's four zones four components and how the components fit into the four zones that you can do it 24 different ways right so to me you know it's about understanding who you are it's about understanding what makes you t- what is you know what are your areas of challenge what are your areas of of natural ability and I guess what I would say to that is I'm not saying that those things don't exist because they do in, in society, but how we need to work with them, I think, is quite different than what we're doing. But in a relationship, if you're in a relationship with someone that is, as you say, narcissistic and not able to or not willing to um, work with you, then you, you really need to look at you know, what is your purpose in being there? Because you're not going to change them. You, the only person that you have control over, the only person that you can change is really yourself. And so if the other person is not willing to work with you, then you really need to look at what do I need to do for myself in this situation? Now, some people choose to stay in those situations. For various number of reasons, people get married, they go, go into relationships for a lot of different reasons yeah. and they stay in relationships for a lot of different reasons. Right. If you're wanting a truly healthy relationship, then you need to have a truly
0: healthy relationship with yourself. So if we want, oh, that's very powerful. If you want this healthy relationship out there, we needed to cultivate that within. Right. It's amazing how I was just reflecting here when you say people go into relationships, marriage, for different reasons. I'm thinking about the article you wrote about respect and trust being fundamental. And that is sad that some people stay in relationships that are not respectful or trustworthy. Thank you so much, Nadine. Oh, you're very
2: welcome. It was very wonderful being able to talk with you and Love heals and fear creates all kinds of problems. And
0: so a lot of people stay because of fear. Yeah, it is very clear and understandable in a way. But anyhow, sad from my perspective. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you. The ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book, Nadine?
2: I guess I just want to say to people that it's really, really important for them to question things I'm a real and question things in terms of what I call proactive questions yeah. does this work for me still because there's a lot of times we don't check things that are no longer working for us but we're still doing them Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah so, true. so questioning things I would say is one of the things that I really encourage people to do
0: what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today
2: I think the hardest lesson that I needed to learn for myself was that I couldn't change anyone else, that I could only work with
0: myself. What is another word for healing? Love. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing or leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? No. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment?
2: I know that love, particularly unconditional self-love, can heal anything. I know that we're here to experience life and that every experience that we have is only our interpretation of it. I know that this is not the end. This is only part of the journey.
0: Thank you so much, Nadine, for your wisdom, this beautiful intention of helping yourself and others and everything else in between. Thank you. Thank you, Valeria. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects?
2: Well, my website is www.progressiveplus.com, and my books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, different places on the Internet and different countries. And I'm developing several courses that will hopefully be out early January. And so look forward to those. Um, I give live courses called Personal Enrichment Programs, which they can find the information at my website or on my
0: Meetup site. I'll have your website on your podcast profile. And if you send me the Meetup link, I'll have that there too. Thank you so much again, Adina, and we'll talk soon.
2: Okay, thank you. Bye for now. Bye for
1: now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Nadine Hanscher and her work, please visit progressiveplus.com.
0: more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.